Hi, I'm Dan Boyd. I'm Kimmy Zeiler. St. Ignatius of Loyola said, Out of gratitude and love for him, Jesus Christ, we should desire to be reckoned fools. We're seeking to discover Christ in everything, from the banal to the sublime, and this is Fools, fools for, for Christ. Christ. This is it, Kimmy. It's showdown time. Debate. What, what to, to do, do at the end, end of, of the world. world. I'm taking the position that in the case of a apocalypse, nuclear winter, asteroid hits the earth, dinosaurs come back from extinction, <laughs> and we need to band together. That's right. That we need people who are specialists completely dedicated to their craft. And um, I, on the other hand, in the event that aliens come and take over and destroy all of our crops and take away all of our resources to leave us on a dying planet, I believe that we need to have a more cohesive understanding, a more general broad scope of uh, different areas of study in order to survive and thrive at the end of the world. So you want a nation of jack-of-all-trades and jill-of-all-trades? Yeah. Okay. I want a nation of, uh, um, <laughs> I was going to say Chuck Norris's, but like the, what's the guy? MacGyver. MacGyver's. MacGyver's. A nation of MacGyver's. Yes. I want a nation of MacGyver's. Okay. Gotcha. And I want a nation of, I'm trying to think of like a famous person who dedicated themselves entirely to one craft. Uh, Jackie Chan. What did he dedicate himself to entirely? Karate. Karate. Kung Fu. Kung Fu. Yeah. Okay. So I want a nation of people like Jackie Chan and Leonardo da Vinci and Van Gogh. Oh. Hmm. Um, wow. Way although actually, no. In. He was like, he did everything. Yeah. He was he like an engineer, a mathematician. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So maybe just shot myself. So I, I have ah, Michelangelo. Dang you don't. It. All right. Fine. Well, I want. <laughs> oh, I just got really close to that mic. I'm, I apologize, no, listeners. Okay. Who, can, who, who can I get that was like a famous... Um, virtuoso. We probably should have talked about this before we started recording. Yeah, well, that's okay. Like, I, in fact, I don't. I don't know if there's anybody who's like famous for being only good at one thing. So that might, like, maybe I'm already well, losing the argument. Well, the th <laughs> what I'm thinking of right now is there's a particular type of puppetry. This is going to be really obscure. <laughs> yeah, you're not helping me. <laughs> this person's famous for being really good at puppets. <laughs> we don't need him at the end of the world. <laughs> we can do without that one. Just looking out for you, Dan. Thanks. Just All right, looking so, out for you. So what kind of puppetry? It, well, it's a particular form of puppetry in Japan, and you have to become so specialized in it. It's like puppetry and acting. It's their form of um, theater. <clears throat> and so there are like seven different nostril flares that you use in order to... Yes, thank you for flaring your Only nostril Only you can see me. what we're doing. <laughs> Uh, but particular, very specific facial expressions to show a particular emotion uh, and experience. And so it's so much expertise and training and time goes into this in order to be able to master um, theater. So flaring the nostrils of puppets. <laughs> right? Like... I think I mixed things up there. No, it, there is puppetry. Okay, gotcha. In um, th There's a particular form of puppetry. There's also a particular form of theater there where they are um sometimes they use masks sometimes they don't and then puppetry is a big portion of their art form 
But the main thing that I'm thinking of is the way that the actors themselves train them, their own bodies. Okay, gotcha. In order to portray emotions. I see. Okay, so almost that, that actually, that's so fortuitous that you brought that up. Because the, the concept I had in mind for almost like a single-minded dedication to one craft mm-hmm. in order to become excellent at it was this, so this Japanese concept of ikigai. And I think there are other cultures all have their own like form of it in their idea. Uh, yeah. Like in English, we might say a virtuoso um, and whatever like the opposite of a jack of all trades is. But this, that word ikigai... It's a concept that means, so I'm just, I'm, I got to quote Wikipedia here, cite Wikipedia because this is where I got the information, but because um, I, I was familiar with it before I looked it up, um, but I just wanted a, a succinct way of wording it. But it's a reason for being, and is usually used to indicate the source of value in one's life or the things that make one's life worthwhile. And I, I guess what, so what I'm kind of mock advocating for is... Kind of in with the idea that we are called to excellence and we are called to 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 take the raw materials that God has given us mm-hmm. in our life and develop them to the point of heroic virtue. <clears throat> and I think we're called to do that not just in the the cardinal virtues and the theological virtues, but in everything. Um, and to be like I'd say medicine, for an instance, that doesn't f- particularly fall into any one virtue. But we need people who are that single-mindedly dedicated to their work, their craft as doctors, as researchers. Mm-hmm. And that's how we get new techniques and new ways to save lives. And if we, I think if, mm-hmm. in general, I think if we applied this concept to all types of work, to all jobs in America, we would be more satisfied as a people. Because I think right now, um, there's not an appreciation of work. It is Work is so often referred to as drudgery. And exper- yeah. not just referred to, but as experienced as drudgery. Mm-hmm. And the glaring problem with this is the Lord at, like, till the earth and, and subdue it. And mm-hmm. this, like, this, this idea of toil is, in, in a non-negative sense, is a part of, of what God has asked us to do. And he's given us this beautiful creative ability. But for so many of us, that is nothing but a negative experience. Um, and it's almost more like we, we have an understanding of, of the call to work as slavery. Mm. It's something we have to do rather than something we get to do. Yeah. And this can be taken too far to the point of like... I was like, going to ask you that because uh, when you, the, just the definition that you gave um, to indicate the value in one's life. So, Dan, are you saying that then the source of value of each person's life should come from this one aspect. No, definitely not yet. And that's, that's the aspect that I would say is, is, is unhealthy, but we're, I think in America, we're almost to the other extreme and, and that we see like so little value in work and that the, um, work is done so often for the reward and not for the work in itself. Hmm. And that, that devalues the person Okay. to the point that it, um, so to borrow from John Paul II, Laborum Exertions, um, it is because we as free persons choose to engage in some activity that imbues it, that, that labor is imbued with meaning. And that it is, um, it's a person saying, I choose to use my freedom in this way 
to do this thing. And that in itself, it like should shock us. Like, yeah. In, in, it's, I mean, that might sound extreme, but the, to fully appreciate the gift of freedom, like that, that doesn't happen very often anywhere else in the universe, probably never, other than free creatures saying, I choose to use my time in this way. Like we alone choose to not eat, not sleep, not uh, like find water and shelter and say, I'm doing this thing for the sake of doing it because it, it is good in itself. And so I, I really, really like, like, and am fascinated with this concept of Ikigai of becoming really, really good at one thing. Um, does that make sense? So, so are you saying that like, um, because of this concept, becoming really good at one thing adds greater value to that person's life in just because they're, their outlook I would say on they, it has changed. Their outlook on it, yeah. So they're, um, it's not that the person becomes better as a result of, of the, well, I mean, there's the excellence itself. Like human excellence is good in all its forms. Mm -hmm. Like if you are good at, at one thing, that is good. Um, like the, there's a really cool documentary of a world-class sushi chef. His name is, I think it's on Amazon Prime, but it's Jiro Dreams of Sushi. <laughs> His sushi restaurant is in a subway station in japan interesting yeah there's a three-month wait to eat there and it oh costs three hundred dollars per person goodness yeah and you don't choose what you eat he chooses what you eat and the reason is he's so dedicated to his craft he only on a daily basis only ever prepares the best quality food and so Man. he has a guy who buys his tuna and if he cannot buy the single best tuna at the fish market <laughs> that day he doesn't buy it and it's not on the menu because Jiro will not serve something that is not excellent. So Jiro should be your celebrity. Yeah, there we go. So Jiro's my celebrity. Yeah, I want a nation of Jiro's. And it, but, but if we, <laughs> so I mean, think about it. If we all took that much pride and ownership of what we do and, and realized that it's, we are responsible for excellence and mm -hmm. goodness, like all of us, I mean, manufacturing then changes. Like how many of us are frustrated that our cars don't last 10 years? If Jiro made cars, mm -hmm. they would last 10 years. And how many of us are frustrated that that plastic thingy on the, on the other thingy broke? If we were as dedicated to, <laughs> to making those as Jiro, then we... And the funny thing is we're probably all picturing something that <laughs> yeah. broke. Like, the darn it, the fob on my glasses case broke off. And now there's no zipper handle and I have to grab the little thing on my own and zip it open and shut. Like, if Jiro made that, it wouldn't look like that. And... The idea of like craftsmen and tradesmen doesn't really exist right now. It might be resurging. Sorry, I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm monopolizing the debate by taking all my time. But no, um, you're that's, fine. that's my strategy. I'll win by not letting you talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, think of, I mean, think of the churches that are still marveled at. Yeah. Are the ones where they were made by people who were like, that was the only thing they did. Like stone cutters who just did this one thing. And it's still standing a thousand years later. That's interesting. There, like, there are buildings in, I think, in, in China and Japan that are over 2,000 years old that do not have a single nail in them. Hmm. They're held, they're, like, it's pieces of wood fit together and held there entirely by friction yeah. and gravity. Um, and, like, how, how long do houses last in America? Yeah, not very long. Yeah, like, there, there are houses that don't last 30 years. Yeah. Um, so I guess in the, like to go back to the 
how do we encounter Christ in this? Um, I think God gives us these abilities and desires. And when we develop those to their maximum, then it's like we are sharing with the world this aspect of God that we alone can do. Um, but if we never, it, it's really hard. And if we don't take the time to dedicate to that, like put in mm -hmm. those years and years of practice, we never get there. And the world never sees that. Um, and I like, I think I like this concept so much because I'm so bad at it. And I, <laughs> I want to be good at everything and I can't be. Yeah. And that, what that probably means is I'm not very good at anything. Um, like I'm, I might be okay at some things, but I'm not excellent at any of them. And mm -hmm. I'd like to be. So, so what is that? So, okay, let's say the dinosaurs um, come back. Yeah. <laughs> and take over the world. The, what did you call it? They re-exist. They, they come back from extinction. Come back from extinction. Yeah. Because I thought you like made a, a word with extinction. Oh, unextinguished. Um, they become unextinguished. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> they rode an asteroid here. <laughs> Perfect. Um, I think that's very plausible. So in that scenario, where we have dinosaurs roaming the earth again, and we're fighting for our survival. How would a world of experts assist that scenario? Um, so I think if everybody would know what they were supposed to do. And okay. so you've got this, this little community living together. Mm -hmm. And um, it might almost be like a, a monastery or a convent. And that everybody has an assigned task. And there's no, shouldn't be any like bickering over like, I'm the baker. I know how to bake and I don't know how to build. So I'm not going to get in the way of your building and you're not going to get in the way of my baking. Um, <laughs> and I mean, there would need to be some cross-discipline work um, so that people could communicate and collaborate. Um, but so that like your hunter would be really good at hunting and he might not be very good at something else. And um, so the opportunity cost of him doing something else, like let's say fishing, is that like he might only catch enough food for 10 people per hour, whereas hunting, he might get enough food for 30 people per hour. Um, and so you, I think you have that reality existing with all human activity and that some people are doing things that they're not as efficient at and they're not going to, they're not going to contribute to your little survival group as much if they just did the thing they're good at. Okay. Um, so why should, Interesting. why should we have a community of, of like, <clears throat> cross-disciplinarian people well so i think this comes from my train my my gravity gravitation towards this view um comes from my training as a stage manager and so as a stage manager when i was studying theater um it was my job to know a little bit of everyone's job just enough to be able to communicate with them and understand what they were saying and um, bring everyone all together cohesively. So I would actually study like um, lighting terminology and how to run a soundboard and the vocabulary for building a set um, and like the specific things like the dog on the floor, like that's an actual name of something, uh, like it's like a track they use to pull. Um, <clears throat> 
to pull uh, different sets on and off stage. So, but like, if <laughs> it would be kind of silly for someone to be like, oh yeah, I'm setting up the dog tonight. And for me to be like, what, what breed? <laughs> you know, <laughs> when he's talking about this, this type of mechanical work that yeah. he's doing. You'd be so, like, I thought this was cats. <laughs> <laughs> There's dogs on this show? Um, so we actually studied the language of all these other fields, all these other specializations, so that we could have a broad understanding of it all to bring it all to a cohesive whole um, and ensure that everything came together well. Um, and so that idea of knowing a little bit of everything, uh, I think grade school teachers do have to do that. Um, any kind of manager or director, right? really that's, that's their job is to know a little bit about everything that's going on so that they can better bring about the whole and keep in line with the vision and direction of where they're going. And so, um, I think ultimately that would, at the end of the world, <laughs> in this post-apocalyptic society, um, that would keep everyone focused on what the goal and the vision is, because they would have a clear understanding of how everything fits in to the goal, into where they want to be, where they need to go, right? How they're going to survive. That almost sounds like. The some of the like the stage manager with all of those people who who are doing their own thing. It almost sounds like we need a little bit of both. So we need the icky guy, and then we need the the person who, and maybe their their single mindedness specialty is connecting all of the parts. Mm. Um, I th- I think that might actually be like there's a a part of being an evangelical Catholic. Yeah. Where we're required to do that, and that so I means to borrow St. Paul's term, be all things to all people, mm-hmm. and that to, um, you know, if you, so you encounter the person from the other culture, who doesn't get your, like the, the way of viewing and understanding Christianity that you grew up with. Like you've got to be able to get into their worldview, and help them get the gospel. And mm-hmm. to do that, you're going to have to know a little bit more. And the broader your knowledge, I think, the more easily you can make that connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more you can connect with more people yeah. if you have more various discipline knowledge. Right. Well, and then the other thing here is um, because the this skill of knowing a little bit of everything <clears throat> is so connected with that of like a manager or a director, I really feel like <laughs> in, this, in this scenario of um, I'm assuming like government is shot like maybe not literally um i mean like it's not no longer yeah. existent so there's the anarchy ran there's over the white house <laughs> yes there's uh, there's no there's no authoritative group coming in to assist right right and so this would allow that community of the jack of all trades to um to be able to survive without those managers over them in place. You're right. Because then they could be self-sufficient. They wouldn't need to rely on a higher authority to help them to make everything work. That makes, yeah, no, I think, I think you're very, uh, you're spot on on that. And that if you, if you only had people who are really, really good at just their thing and not anything else, it might be hard to get a lot of stuff done. Um, 
Now, do you see any flaws in my argument, Dan? I think to get really, like, you could probably subsist at that level. And I don't think, but I don't think you can really have, like, human thriving without, like, you're not going to have beautiful concerts with people who are, like, kind of good at at banjo, (laughs) but also kind of good at, at, like, writing a dissertation. (laughs) Um, Like, so, and I think eventually there will be... just describe yourself? I did, yeah. (laughs) Um, But also, like, I couldn't put on a really good, like, eventually people would be like, ah, gosh, he's been playing the same banjo song for 40 years around the, the survival camp. Like, somebody please build a violin and get good at it. Um, so I think eventually, just the desire, the innate desire in all of us to become mm-hmm. really, really good at something would make us move away from the the jack-of-all-trades into, um, again, like, recognizing that area of our life that God has given us alone to reveal his goodness and wanting to share that with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, this is great, great line in Babette's Feast that's almost at the very, very end. And it's, I have to paraphrase because I don't recall it perfectly, but it's um, the cry of the artist is give me leave to do my very best. It's almost like mm. get out of my way I so love that, that. I, can, um, I can be who God created me to be. Oh, that speaks to my soul. Yeah, and we, like, we want and <laughs> yeah. crave that freedom and for the, the barriers to that to go down so that people can see, like, what is what is it about me that that God wants you to see through me, and is it you know is it the way I make sushi or is it um, the way I I act the way I perform the way I dance the way I sing mm-hmm. the way I I make boats or or doors or houses or anything um, and there's a I think that to know that we have created something beautiful that, that ultimately points back to God that I don't, I really try to fight the, the phrase or expression, like to be proud in your work because pride is a sin. I think like we've got to get that out of our our vocabulary, but to take joy in the goodness that, that God does through us. I think that's a, a fitting replacement. And I think that's what, that's what, like we can all be artists. We can all create. And if we think if we, view our work in that way it imbues it with a deeper meaning and it's like we want people to to marvel at god's goodness through our own activity Hmm. and yeah and that uh to that's not going to happen when the work is mediocre yeah exactly um because when you're when you're surviving you're just you're just getting by you're like Mm -hmm. okay i just need enough calories i don't care what the food looks like or tastes like um and this house just has to stop the t-rex like it doesn't have to to do anything else. Yeah. Um, it no, just has to stop yeah, the T Rex. Yeah. No, that can go. <laughs> that can be taken to ex, to its extreme. Um, so, so to go back to the 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 puppeteer thing, it's like it's really fascinating that they dedicate themselves <laughs> to like nostril flares. So nostril flares that much, but it um, that does really that, that they're mastering their trait of showing like this is what human expression means. Um, spending $300 on sushi might be like, the Lord's probably going to ask us like, really? Like, that was really, ex- that was a really expensive piece of raw fish. Um, so I don't want to, I don't want to like give, I don't want to ignore the fact that sometimes we need to use our resources better than like buying excessively elegant things. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But at the same time, I think everybody needs to be encouraged to do their very best in, uh, in the thing that the gifts that God has given them. Mm -hmm. And I think that is, um, it's almost like it's fulfilling in itself because we realize that we're doing what the Lord wants us to do. Um, but I mean, ultimately I'm going to go ahead and pull the punch here that I think we're both right because I think ultimately what the Lord is asking us to do is um, to become really, really good at one thing. And that one thing is holiness. And holiness does, to a certain extent, require us to be able to communicate on all these different levels. Yeah. And in all these different cross-disciplines. Um, but ultimately, our excellence needs to be in holiness and in the areas that he has directly gifted us the talents for. Yeah. And that's the, the neat part about that is it exi- that can exist side by side with the things we love. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, it's, it means becoming excellent at loving God and loving neighbor. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that means being good at a diversity of things. Um, so you're right. There is, there, there's this beautiful, uh, harmony of be, be excellent in one thing, love, like, <laughs> love alone is, is credible. Like one yeah. thing remains. Um, but that, Anybody who loves others is willing to do anything for them. Yes. Um, and that means some, like you, you'll do things you're not good at until you get good at them for the sake of others. Mm-hmm. That's um, a good way to put it. Well, and then you also, you mentioned, um, that video game company that really takes all this to heart. Yeah. So Valve, who has made arguably some of the most successful and well-received video games ever, games like Portal Half-Life, Half-Life 2, Portal 2, um, Team Fortress. Actually, no Team Fortress. Okay, there you go. So they made Valve. My dad loves Team Fortress. Gotcha. Um, (laughs) And um, they have no managers in the entire company. Everybody is uh, is their own boss. Nobody is anybody's boss. And the owner will say that. Even the owner of the company is nobody's boss. Mm -hmm. And you choose what you do. And there's a sense of a personal responsibility for that. And they, they kind of really have two types of employees. They have um, people who are really, really good at, at just one thing. Mm-hmm. And then people who connect all of those people together. And they act as, as bridge builders to get you know your, your animators and your coders to work together so that you don't have like two really, really good pieces independently that don't function together. So instead of managers, they're bridge builders. Yeah. And Essentially. And they don't have the management authority, no. but they're bridge builders. I like that yeah, terminology yeah. It's really lot. interesting. And it, so your pay is not determined by your position because there are no positions. Like everybody's an employee, hmm. but your pay is, is, is determined by what your, your coworkers think you add hmm. to uh, the company's bottom line. Wow. Um, which creates this really, really uh, communal company. It's apparently one of the best places to work. No, like very few people have ever been fired. Wow. Um, if I don't, I think that they may actually say nobody's ever been fired, and they don't hire anybody. Like there's no hire. Well, they hire people, but there's no. They don't like look for people to hire. Everybody's job is finding top talent to come in. Hmm. Nice. So you only ever get the people, the kind of people you want to work with. Yeah. So and that seems like it's a, this very interesting marriage of both concepts. Yeah. 
of being very specialized and choosing to do the things that you're good at and playing to your strengths. And at the same time, um, having a little bit of everything Yeah. in your work. Yeah. And you, you get to choose how you want to be an artist and do your very best. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, so I don't know that we had a clear winner here, Dan. Other than holiness. So I think holiness like, is the winner. You're, I mean, it's a, it's the perfect blend of both. So we just have to, to be really, really good at being holy. And that means being really good at a lot of things so that we can love everybody. <laughs> Amen to that. All right. God bless everybody. We'll be back. Catch you next time.